start your 2022 with these top tips from Warren Ingram. In today's episode, we touch base on how to understand your money, budgeting pillars to follow, debt plans, tax season contributions, relooking at your investment plans, and the perks of finding a finance buddy. Don't forget to subscribe and share if you're enjoying the show. Listen for more. Welcome to the first Honest Money podcast for 2022. Thank you so much for for listening to our previous podcasts, and we really look forward to taking you through this uh, really interesting year ahead. And I thought it was really important that we uh, the first podcast of the year is the one that we talk about how to kickstart your year off on the right note and make sure that you cover all the bases you need to cover so that you can have a very productive and, and fruitful year ahead. And I think whenever you start a financial planning conversation for for a longish period of time, you always need to talk about your expenses and your income first. So, so just making sure that you've got the correct uh, allocation to expenses, that you understand how you're spending your money, what you're spending your money on, where it's going. And importantly, in that situation, also understanding how, how much you're allocating to your investments. It's pointless, you know, always just, you know, spending money and not actually building on your long-term capital so that one day you can sit back and live off your, your investments rather than having to work for the rest of your life. So, so I think when you're looking at your income and your expenses, understand uh, how much of your money is going to wasted expenditure, how much is going to lifestyle stuff that really makes your life better, how much is going to debt, and then how much is going to the necessities. And when I do this for myself, I always start with with a, a holiday budget because it's the thing that excites me. It's the thing that motivates me. So you know, when you do a uh, you know an expenses tracker or a budget, you know, d- don't just make it boring. You know, make it exciting. Set yourself goals. So so when I do this, I say to myself, okay, I, I want to go and and do a nice holiday this year. So I'm going to start setting aside a bit of money for that every month. In addition to that, I need to make sure that if I've got any debt. Uh, that, that I'm allocating sufficient money to that. Uh, I also obviously know what I what I spend on food and car insurance and house insurance and my own life insurance and all that stuff, uh, and what it costs me to live in my house. What, once I've got all that done, th- then I can I can have a bit more discretionary spending. So that's going to be for entertainment and and you know non holiday stuff that might still be fun, uh, and and of course my long term savings are always there. You know, and I think that. For me, uh, if I can set aside my holiday budget and make sure that I'm hitting my holiday goal, it motivates me to to then do the other goals as well. But I will always be careful that I'm not sacrificing, um, you know, my long term savings or any debt goals uh, in favor of my holiday goals. I try and ca- kind of get a balance and a mix right. You know, I think life is always about balance, and the, and the best lives are those that are balanced in one form or another. So so make sure that when you start your life uh, for, for the year ahead, that you, you're doing the same thing. Make sure you've got a, a plan for your expenses and your income. And for some people who don't really want to sacrifice their lifestyle, the, the, you know, the, then the other thing you need to do is to say, okay, how do I generate more income in the year ahead? You, know, you, you don't need to be static in the way that you earn. You know, so if you've got a day job and, and you work for a salary, that's fine. You know? what, what about a side hustle that you can do in the evenings or on the weekends that can allow you to generate a bit more money. And then maybe that's your fun money and maybe that's your holiday money, et cetera. So, so I think, you know, it's, it's not always just one side of the coin. It's also the other side. There are some people out there that are earning great money and just spending far too much. And for them, you know, it's not worrying about the income. It's actually making sure that they control the expenses. But for a lot of people in, in our country and all around the world, it's about saying maybe I need one or two or three sources of income so that I can get by 
I can uh, plan for my long-term future and I can have some money for, for fun. I think the second point is make sure that you've got an emergency fund. You know, if, if you know what you're spending and you know how you're generating income, then you need to protect yourself against the unforeseen financial emergency. Uh, and, and because it's unforeseen, it's not something you're ever going to be able to plan for. And, and when that happens and you do get at a financial emergency, the last thing you want to do is to go into debt to pay for that emergency. So I, I like to have at least three to six months worth of expenses in an emergency fund. For, for me, that, that sits in, in my paid off bond. I've got a bond, but it's, I, I don't owe any money to anybody on that bond, but I can use it uh, for, for, for an emergency if it happens and then pay, the, pay that bond down again. For, for people who don't have a bond, they, you know, then keep it in a money market account or, or a savings account linked to your banking profile. It's not an investment. It's there as a form of self-insurance. So don't worry too much about earning the best growth or the best return. This is about insuring yourself against a disaster. So if you've got your emergency fund sorted out, I think the next thing is to figure out what your debt plan is. So if you've got debt and a lot of people all around the country have debt, uh, th then make sure that you understand what debt you have and also uh, what, what's your game plan for sorting that debt out. You know, don't close your eyes and ignore the debt that you have. You know, the, the, the debt that is ignored is the one that grows on you and becomes a bigger and bigger monster and eventually eats away your financial future. And I always say, you know, that debt is a weapon of wealth distraction. So, so you need to know that you've got to get debt free as fast as possible uh, and make sure that you, you sort it out in, in a sensible, rational way while maintaining a balance to your life. So, so for me, you know, a good debt plan is saying, what, what are the debts that cost me the most in terms of interest? So, so don't worry too much about the debt that costs you the most rands on a monthly basis, because that for a lot of people would be their mortgage, but their mortgage might actually be a very low rate of interest. So, so then that's not the one to focus on. The, the one to focus on is which is the one that costs you the highest rate of interest. For a lot of people, that'll be a personal loan or an overdraft or credit card debt. And, and those are the things that you need to pay off as fast as possible. I don't think you should have credit card debt if you can help it. So, you know, if you have a credit card debt, make uh, if you, sorry, if you have a credit card, make sure that it's paid off every month. If you've spent big on the holidays and you've got too much money on your credit card and you know you're not going to pay it off by the end of the month, then that needs to be your focus before you do anything else. The, you, unfortunately, you can't set aside fun money for the next holiday or anything until you've got that credit card sorted out. And the same applies for personal loans and overdrafts. Once you've sorted out your, your debt plan for the year ahead, I think the next very important thing that we have to focus on is do you have a will? I know it's something that we don't like to think about, the possibility that we could die, but I think this pandemic has taught us all that you know death could happen to anyone at any time. It doesn't matter how healthy, how wealthy, uh, how vibrant your life is, you know, it, it, it doesn't matter. If you've been double vaxxed or triple vaxxed or not vaxxed, it doesn't matter. Uh, you know, you could have an accident or an illness that, 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 that could take you out. And unfortunately, the pandemic has taught a lot of people that, uh, you, you know, death is, is a, a harsh reality when, when you don't have a will. You know, and it doesn't matter if you don't really have any uh, major assets and you don't have any beneficiaries or a spouse or anything like that. You have to have a will. The, the, about the only person I can think of that doesn't need a will would be a child who has, you know, who's under the age of 18, owns nothing, still lives at home and, and is taken care of by their parents. Everybody else needs a will. 
and it can be really simple. You know, just uh, just make sure that you've got something that that is is legal. You know, wills have a very specific format, and you know, if you don't want to pay for a will and you have a very simple life, you know, you can you can probably get one from your bank. Uh, you know, they'll do it for you for free, and and they'll store it uh, on your behalf. And if something happens, make sure that your your family knows uh, where the will is and that they have a copy as well. But, but the reason you need a will is because it needs to tell people what to do with your stuff. You know, and even if you've mostly got debt, you, you need to know, uh, your family needs to know what to do about it and, and what's going to happen. And, you know, also in your will, you, you, for example, you need to tell them how you want to be buried or do you want to be cremated or where and all of those things. So, so a will is really an important thing and really critical for parents. You know, they're, they're, whenever I do a, a, a big talk to an audience of people, whether it's online, in the new world, or in the old days, when we could still sit in big groups, uh, and, and I would ask parents to, to raise their hand if they had a will, only about half of the parents in the audience would raise their hand. And that's frightening for me, because, you know, the will also needs to tell you uh, your your family, who's going to look after your children? Uh, do you have any financial provisions for your kids? And and you know what what should happen to them over their life their lives as 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 minors before they turn eighteen or, or twenty one or twenty five, depending on how you want to take care of your kids. So so I think you know a will, a will is really important. And it, you know if you don't have a will, uh, and you're starting twenty twenty two with a bang, and you want to make a big change in your life, I think that's the first step. You know don't bother doing anything else if you don't have a will. It's just really critical. I think after that, uh, we, we start to talk about the fun stuff a bit more. And I think for me, the first thing is j just remember that uh, the, the end of February is the end of the tax year in South Africa. And that means that you've got a, a few weeks left before you can, uh, b before you run out of capacity to top up your retirement fund contributions and your contributions to your tax-free savings account. So, so just remember, you know, tax-free savings account is a brilliant investment for, for any South African. You know, you, you get the possibility to add money to an investment that will grow without paying any tax, no income tax, no capital gains tax, no dividends tax, and no tax when you draw the investment one day. So, so I think it's, you know, if you've got the capacity to put in the 3,000 rand a month or the 36,000 rand a year, you should do that every single year. Uh, in addition to that is the, the contribution to your retirement fund. You know, if you work for a company, that will mean a, a, a provident fund or a pension fund, or if you work for yourself, a, a retirement annuity. And for a lot of people, they'll do both their provident fund and their own retirement annuity. I know a lot of people don't like retirement annuities because they can't access the money if they need it in an emergency. Uh, I think that that situation is going to change legally. I think we'll soon be allowed to, to get a portion of our money in our retirement funds. And, and you know, obviously, it's not a good idea um, you know, to spend that money on fun stuff. But if you have an emergency and you've used up all your other resources, you know, then, then in future, you might be able to access your, your retirement annuity as well with a portion of the money. And to me, the reason why retirement annuities make sense is because they give you a huge tax break by SARS to make a contribution to a retirement annuity. And while the money is being invested, all of the growth is tax-free inside the retirement annuity. In other words, there's no dividends tax, no capital gains tax, no income tax. And the benefit of the tax, tax deduction that you get given from SARS for making an investment in an RA, plus the capital growth uh, that you get without paying tax, is a huge benefit. So I like to combine um, you know, my tax-free savings account investments and my RA investments. I don't like to do one or the other. I always think both make sense. The only time I wouldn't suggest that you contribute money to a retirement annuity is if you are certain that you're going to be immigrating in the next few years, because then you know the, the taxes are going to be high for you, and it's complicated to get the money out in a long waiting period. So, so then I, I don't think it makes sense. 
For the rest, when we talk about investments, I think it's important just to make sure that you've got the right mix of investments and that the balance of those investments is still correct. What do I mean by that? So, so firstly, make sure that the, the combination of cash, bonds, property and shares is right for you. You know, if you're young and you're building up your capital and you're not too worried about generating an income from those investments in the next few years, then the bulk of your money should be in growth assets. And that means shares and property companies. If, uh, if you're older and you're generating an income from your investments, then you might need a bit, of, a bit of a bigger allocation to cash and to bonds as well, because those are investments that will pay you an income in addition to the growth that you get from your shares. And then I think lastly, and, and it's a bit of a, a, a kind of a left field um, idea, but I think it's one that works very well. If you're struggling to, to deal with your money correctly, in other words, you're not very disciplined, either with your expenses or with your savings or with your investments, then, then consider two ideas. The one is unique to us in South Africa, and that's the idea of, of, of using uh, um, an investment club or a stockfile. I'm not saying that you need to, to replicate the, the traditional st structure of a stockfile where everybody clubs their money together, but take the idea of a stockfile, which is the positive peer pressure that you get from, from meeting a group of, uh, of, your, of your respected peers every month, and you all sit together and you all commit to goals that you, you've got. And then once a month, you have to get together and, and, and be accountable for the goals that you've set. And I like that idea very much because you don't have to tell everybody, you know, all the details of your whole financial position. But you could say, I commit to spending or investing 15% you know, of my salary every year, 15% of my income every year. And once a month, you've got to go there and say, this is what I've done. I have done it or I haven't done it and I need to be better. And just that accountability that you get from, from other people is really helpful. If, the, if a group is not, uh, not good for you or you don't really want to share your information with a wider audience, then maybe just get yourself a money buddy. In other words, you know, if we look at running, for example, you know, it's very hard to get up every day of, of the week uh, or, or three times or four times a week, however often you want to do it, and go running on your own. So a lot of people will have a running buddy and you know, it's someone that holds you accountable that you know, you've got to get up and meet them to start the run and you don't want to let them down. So, so you, you make sure that you're disciplined and you're always uh, meeting your running goals. And I think we can use the same psychology for money. You know, there, there can be someone that you are very close to, that you trust very much, that you can share your financial position with. And, and, and then that's the person that you, you say, okay, once a month, let's, let's just share our, our financial positions. Let's just discuss what we're doing and, and have we met our goals? You know, what, what are we doing? Are we on track? Are we not? In, if you're in a committed relationship, you know, obviously that can be your, your, your spouse or your partner. And, and for me, that's been critical over my entire married career. My, you know, my, my, my wife is my financial buddy. Uh, she's much more disciplined with uh, spreadsheets and budgets and those things than I am. So as a combination, we work really well because we can set our goals. Once a month, we sit down and we discuss them make sure that we, you know, we, we are achieving our goals. If we're not, that means that we need to make some sacrifices in the next month so that we get back on track again. And also, once a year, we do a big review of what we've done over the year, set new big goals for the year ahead. And, and for me, that's always fun because that's part of the, the holiday budgeting. And I, I love that. And that really motivates me. So, so I think, you know, that, that kind of positive peer pressure can be really helpful for you to hold yourself to account. If you are financially disciplined and you know you, you, you're going to reach your goals, then maybe a money buddy doesn't work for you. But, but I think for me, those are the main points that, that, that we could discuss for, for, for the year ahead. Certainly a long uh, a list of, of things to do, but I think really exciting if you can achieve them. 
and, and then set your goals and, and hold yourself to account. We'd love to hear uh, how you progress on those through, through, through the next uh, 12 months. So please be, be happy to share your feedback with us and, and hopefully we can hear how you go and, and share some of your stories with, with our other listeners. Thank you for listening to Honest Money. If you have any questions, you're welcome to reach out to me on Twitter. My handle is at Warren Ingram. Don't forget to subscribe. We're on Spotify and Apple Podcast. Chat soon.